everybody. Welcome back to Verbal Dare Podcast. Today we are here with Kelly, our good friend. We're going to be going on with the conversation of being black in white spaces. So we're going to ask her a couple of questions here, which is today, and hopefully we can all learn something today. So Kelly, I'll go first. What would you define as white spaces? I would think like on the surface, it'll be areas or like businesses or like any grouping where there's majority white people or even like historically um, was just for white people only. And what would you define as black spaces? So I think it would also be the same. Like basically just it'll be an area or a situation where you find majority just black people mm-hmm. or even like historically where the areas where black people would be living. So even though like it might have like, re- like roles would have been reversed or people have moved into different areas it will be, mm. I think people are like, like it's more like the, the historical where black people would be. And it's like mm. the conception that that's, that's where black people are only. Okay, okay. So now that makes that makes sense. But like, so we know that South Africa is majority black people. So with your yes. understanding, would you say that South Africa as a whole is a black space or is it a white space? I would think so. Like, like you said, the population is majority black people. Mm-hmm. But I think the people still have the misconception of like historically, like there was like white governments. I think a lot of people see it as a white space, mm. although it isn't factually true. Because what I other guess what they said was that a black space, a place where there's majority of black people, people of color, is more diverse, and then a white space is a more intimidating place where there's more white people. So you kind of feel just don't feel comfortable being, you know, like too black, don't be too loud, don't listen to that type of music, don't speak that language. Yeah. So South Africa, like for me, as I've experienced it, not because, and it's actually a very limited experience because I know I've only <laughs> interacted with white spaces. I went to a colored school, went to a colored um, high school, then went to, um, you know, where we, where we went to a college, which is mostly white space. When you go to work, when you go to the shops we go to, Mostly white spaces. So I've never felt like South Africa was really like a black space. But do you think that has anything to yeah. do with white privilege? The fact that I'm black in a lot of like predominantly white areas makes me feel like, oh, maybe South Africa is a white space. But do you think that has something to do with white privilege? Yes. Yes, I do. I think it's definitely um, like white privilege is a thing. And it's not as very, um, I'll ask it as it definitely is a thing. And I think it's kind of just that you kind of know as a white person that historically you were seen as like more superior in the government as well. Um, like the system was built to benefit white people before. And yes, like we got a new government and it's like times have changed. But I think white people still have this misconception of like, it can go back to that. Or, you know, you still, like people know that just by being white, like it's like Jennifer asked now, regarding um, the privilege. You know, white people know that they've got this like, inherent privilege in certain spaces. And especially, like you said, it's been seen, Africa's been seen as a white space. You kind of just like, it feel like you've been privileged already, even though it's not even being there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. It makes sense now. Yeah, it does. Okay. So then the other question we had to ask was if you've ever been in any parts of South Africa, like just growing up, have you ever been in any parts where you felt like, oh, maybe I don't belong here? 
inside your heart of hearts that you don't feel welcome here because of your race? Um, I would think, I think it would be majority of the time it was, well, I haven't like, encountered these areas often, but I think it's when you go to the more like Kailicha, Google it, because before like, I used to drive with my dad mm-hmm. to go and drop our workers off there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the only time where it is like predominantly black people living in the area. I think that's the only time that like, we get a bit of like, I would get like a bit of like a look, you know, mm-hmm. but still at the end of the day, like I didn't feel like I don't belong there, but it was kind of just being the only white person in the area mm-hmm. was more, I think more of like a standing out point to me. Mm-hmm. But there was never that like, what are you doing here? I don't belong here. And I kind of didn't, I wasn't too scared to be there. Okay. I didn't feel like I didn't belong. It was kind of just like, I think more of because white people don't go to the area. It's kind of just more like I've got to look at like, Oh wow, you know. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Okay. You said that you haven't experienced um, feeling left out, but have you observed the black people in white spaces experiencing those feelings? Have your black friends ever come to you in these white spaces feeling like they're inclu- they're not included, feeling like they're out of place? Um, I would say. Yes, it might not have been like we're specifically coming up to me, but I remember um, specifically in our first year we had this experience where we had a lecturer that spoke a lot in Afrikaans mm. and she would speak in and explain the work in Afrikaans as part of a complex uh, module as well. And then we did have black girls in our class that would like raise their head and be like, sorry, but we don't understand. Mm. And when I spoke to them more one-on-one, it was um, then they spoke to me and they were like, they don't feel comfortable speaking in Afrikaans. Um, the teachers, the lecturers speaking in Afrikaans simply because they won't, like nobody will speak Isikosa to them or like Sutu or Zulu, even at the time it was mentioned. Yeah. And then they said like the white, the white students would have felt uncomfortable in that situation. And uh, so that's definitely like something I encountered was like full on, like we don't feel well some here, you know, because it's like an Afrikaans that they're speaking instead of any other language. Mm. I think that was like something that really stood out for me. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I remember I was there. <laughs> so, what made your college respond that you approved of? And in what ways do you think they could have responded better? Um, I think for one, they could have... Because what, what, what ended up happening was that as far as I remember, the lecturer didn't do anything different. It was kind of just, they asked her if she can not speak in Afrikaans, and that happened. But I think, you know, they should have, for starters, just stuck to the curriculum language, like stated English, like you had all communication in English, and not switch over to other languages, rather do that in your free time. And it was quite like an elderly lecturer as well, so it was maybe tough for her to she was like Afrikaans, like as Afrikaans as they come. But I think like she just had the conception of like stick to the language that you're supposed to be teaching in because yeah, it caused like unnecessary because what happened was it also caused tension between the people in the class. So, um, because then specifically about the lecturer, when they were in the situation where I encountered a black person telling me like the fact that they felt left out or uncomfortable in a white place did try and speak a lot less Afrikaans, but Afrikaans still stayed in the class. But she was a lot more aware of her speaking in Afrikaans. So the lecturer would like kind of switch over. If she did find herself switching over to Afrikaans, she would stop and she would repeat it in English. Mm. Um, so I think that like repeating in English was like really good on her behalf. However, like 
she should not have she's not she would not she should not have had to repeat it in english because she shouldn't have mentioned it in the cards in the first place uh, so what about what happened yeah. with with clicks how did you feel about that because a lot of people like the interview we just had was saying that the whole thing was taken out of context and people were being sensitive or like un- mm-hmm. un- unveiling scars that hadn't been healed what was your opinion on that with the clicks ad honestly once again it should have happened in the first place mm-hmm. um i think the fact that clicks thought that mm-hmm. it would be okay is the bigger is the bigger issue than the actual happening of it yeah um for me it just shows that there was there was like there's a lack of misrepresentation mm-hmm. in the company and i don't know what clicks's marketing looks like or who's in charge and i don't know like obviously the finer details of it yeah. but for me it's the fact that in 2020 the fact that they thought that something like that would be okay um i think that's the bigger issue that i dealt with it. so yeah. for me um definitely you need to in today's time especially even more than ever you need to be more aware of the way you say things where you put things advertising you know mm-hmm. and it's definitely there was a clear issue for me um i saw the advert before before like i don't want to say like before got hyped up on social media but there was like the beginning stages of where i think the former miss of africa posted it and then it like got like then everybody started mm-hmm. sharing it and i think i was one of like in the beginning so i saw it and kind of before like mainstream media was saying the the issues with it like i read it at first glance i was like this is going to cause havoc Wow. Yeah. So I am going to be working in mm-hmm. graphic design. Do you think that more inclusion of people of color in these predominantly mm-hmm. white industries will prevent from yes. happening? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think also um especially the fact that like was mentioned earlier on as well South Africa is majority black. I think it's like 80% black, 9% white at this point or 7% white. You know, it is it is it's definitely it's definitely an issue. Like if there isn't more people of color in these situations that like approve it. Mm. It's definitely an issue. Okay, Kelly, are you aware about what happened in Brazil? Yes, my cousins in the school, sir. So okay, so since you have insider information, what happened and what <laughs> what do you think what happened and like okay, just tell us what happened and then also tell us what you thought about what happened. Okay, so the same thing, you know, obviously I wasn't involved in anything that happened mm. like directly happened. Mm. So you also hear you, you hear a part that social media is telling you here these like little every story every newspaper sort of different stories so way i understand it was the students um planned a matric farewell mm-hmm. where there was students parents they planned it and it was a private event and they they didn't include people of color into the invitation or anything of that um they didn't they only had white people invited and invited teachers as well which attended the school mm-hmm. attended the function but still like i said no people of color were invited and obviously i think somebody posted a video online that showed the area and showed the magic very well yeah. and then people saw it and obviously um then they got triggered by like okay there's only there's only white people there who was invited and that's when the, the further investigation went on and so the exact facts around the magic very well like i don't know yeah. because then you hear the one day you hear that 
They didn't invite black people, but they didn't want to come. Yeah. Then you hear the colored people didn't want to come. Then you hear nobody was invited. It was a private event. Mm. So you do hear all these other stories, no matter what the actual fact of it was. It brought to light a lot of deeper issues that's going on in the school. Yeah. So for me, the fact that it happened specifically, who was invited, who wasn't, who came, who didn't, it's tough. But the fact that the, the students kind of thought it would be okay to do something like that in the first place needs to be like, you need to visit that topic. Yeah. You know, I was talking to my dad, talking to my dad the mm. other night, and I said to him um, on Friday with all the protesting, I said to him, I'm not going to walk into my house and I'm not going to tell my dad, hey, if you, you mother effer, and come here and show middle fingers, zap, zap, because the environment that's created in my household is that is not okay. Mm. Okay. I wouldn't even think to do that. Yeah. Whereas, mm. you know, so it, it kind of shows like that where they, they, they hosted this event. Again, the facts behind it is irrelevant mm. to me in this exact, in this small example. Yeah. But the fact that they thought it would be okay to exclude such a big factor, like such a big group of yeah. people, the fact that they thought that was okay, is like, okay, we need to address why you thought it was okay to do it in the first place, you know? Yeah. yeah. So whether they, whether, whether it was just their yeah. friends and they don't have black friends, like, let's look at why you don't befriend black people then. You yeah. know, if you don't have colored friends, let's look at why don't you befriend colored people. Mm. But it's bigger than just like this one yeah. event. Like there's so much more. So. Yeah, I agree with you on that part. Like it's not only about what happened. It's not about the incidents. You know, the things mm. that happen, especially in Cape Town. It's mm. always about why is it happening? What, yeah, happening. what is what is this telling our current <laughs> thing? Because let's say nobody really cared about it. It was shown that okay, so we're not really mm. that we're not so attached to our races or our racial identity that if I don't see a yeah. black person around me that I'm like, I'm triggered, like, oh my God, I'm the only black person here. Or if I don't see white people, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, why are there no white people? Why is it? But we're so mm. like, here's South Africa growing up in South Africa, especially in Cape Town. We're so um, attached to our racial identities that every small thing that can mm. happen to just trigger it will just like blow. It's just an explosion everywhere. You know? Yeah. And also like it brought to light certain issues in the yeah. school. Um, so that that needed to be brought to life. Yeah. You know, you needed to realize that they don't have people of color in their store. Yeah. I think this came out of this like there's like one person of color work. working. So and something like we need to realize, you know, I know of a girl that like I'm friends with her. She actually does my nails at the yeah. moment. So shout out to her. Um she she is a color yeah. and she told me that what happened once there was this incident in the school where they actually came into the classes yeah. in her, I think she was grade nine or grade yeah. 10. And they ended up calling like a random girls, like, hey, you can come here, you can, you can come yeah. here. And they spoke to these girls about the neat, the neatness of their hair. Yeah. And when they looked around the room, it took one student to realize that there's not one white girl that had been called in. And it hadn't been every single black person or colored person in the school that got called mm. in. Like it wasn't everybody, because I mean, that would have also like, I think the school thought they were being fun or smart yeah. about it but say when they looked around there hadn't been one white girl called in when half of them like i know my hair in mm. high school you got this white your hair's blonde you got highlighting and the, when the majority of the school looks yeah. like that the hair is definitely not natural like it's not natural no one is born with perfectly white hair from the root yeah. down but none of them were called in yeah this is and so it's it's stories but stories is coming back from like years yeah. ago 
they kind of just like got covered up, yeah. covered up, covered up. So yes, the anger, maybe the anger bottled up and mm-hmm. it came out now, but it's more than just this one exactly. event that happened like a few weeks. No, that's true. And I think it's because the high school students are becoming more educated. I had such an experience as well where um, I, mm, I had gotten like these red highlighted mm-hmm. braids and my principal at the time he didn't make a big deal out of it but he made sure to tell me not to get mm. color yeah. braids again keep in mind that people mm. dyeing their hair yeah. at school not as much as other schools but definitely mm. dyed there and this one girl had like bleach one hair for yeah. a year one of my friends actually but they school. never got like any kind of scolding or nothing like that yeah, I think this is why you find. Although to be fair, after yeah. the Pretoria goes high in, mm-hmm. you guys remember that? I had the craziest hairstyles for my month <laughs> after that. Just daring me to say something. <laughs> Looking back, I should some of those styles I should never have done. I was ready mm. for them to say something because they had mm. in the past. Wow. Okay, so like what she said was that yeah. you had your friend that told you about um, what happened to the hair incident and what I do you as well. It was the exact same thing in our school, except now school was kind of worse because they targeted the black mm-hmm. girls and we were so little black people in, in my school. I feel like, I don't know how many mm-hmm. we were, but like we were not allowed to grow our afros. I cut my hair. I've been cutting my hair since I was a kid, so I never had this problem, but I saw others, how they got into trouble yeah. for having braids. And be like, you can't wear that hair. Why don't you just wear your natural hair? And if you are going to wear your natural hair, don't make it an afro. Don't put buns. It needs to be straight. Mm. It needs to look neat because straight equals to neat. So I was like, so that incident, the click yeah. advert triggered me on levels that I was like, what? But then like what you were saying that I feel like yeah. everybody actually goes through this. Like you find that like college students are going through this on a daily basis, but we never like looked at it that way. Excuse me. My mom is calling me. Okay. No, never mind. Okay, so we never like we were never like oh they're being racist or oh they're being anything. And then you get kids that are going to university now. You've got kids in the UK and um UJ UCT like always protesting against racism because it's the stuff that they internalized for so long. Now only they understand yeah. the words and definitions of how it was wrong, like what happened to them. So now it's going further into the high hmm. school, like the high school level stuff. People are being like okay, but no, this is not okay. No, this is not okay. It's gonna come to a point where we're gonna be at the primary level. Until we get to, the, like, the roots of these things, like, yeah. why why is this okay? You know, I, I don't know if you guys have actually looked it up, but if you actually Google um, knee hairstyles for women, knee hairstyles mm. for men, and then untidy for women and untidy for men, it's a big thing yeah. as well. So it's more not a South African issue, but it's not, like, yeah. Google or international yeah. level, where if you, if you do, like, knee hairstyle for women, it's, like, white women, straight hair, sleek, bad. And then untidy, it's all black women, natural hair. And the same for men. Then it'll be black men with braids, for example, untidy. Yeah. And then neat is a white man with, like, straight hair. But then they've got, like, the fade in and, like, the zigzag in the hair, which, oh, my word, <laughs> does not seem professional in any way. Because even white boys are doing <laughs> Literally. So it's definitely, like, it's... Of course. It's such a bigger issue. Like, it's such a bigger issue than just, you know... The like for example in the click mm. scenario is bigger than just the treasure. Yeah, ad exactly. Or the click. It's, it's revealing a lot of like it's the fact that you mm. thought of yeah. 
it's re- revealing exactly how people feel yes. like how did you how did we get to this point because it's like we're sleeping the entire time we're mm. like oh, everything is okay everything is rainbows and weakness but for me everything is fine you know south africa is great the rainbow nation you have you got the tours of address to south africa tell you everything that you're like wait i live here i didn't know that i live here is this great and then you see something like this <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Know and in a way you're kind of trying to deny your own even even if you're not like even as a white person yeah. you're also trying to like move away from that white mm. guilt like you want to, everybody wants to be like everything we all mm. want everything to be okay but it's not so if we're gonna stay in denial but it's not yeah. then how are we gonna move past it like if we're gonna stay in denial not accept it and then we, once we've come to a point where somebody's yeah. like oh look at this click side look at what happened in Pretoria ah, look what's happening here and then everybody's defending mm. and I'm like how are you defending racism like are you really standing here and yeah. then that's no, now that's when we know okay there is a division everything like you could actually have somebody close to mm. you say something so offensive and they also thought it was okay but because we don't talk about it we don't discuss it yeah. so like how we're being educated how we're going to move on without like talking about it in the first place but especially for white people i know it is incredibly hard for even me as a white person to speak another white person about racism because it's like literally you guys if i'm a see a white well i'm not racist i have black friends like i'm just like brother you know we need to like take mm-hmm. a moment to realize that that, that statement in mm-hmm. itself it's problematic there's a red flag like you showing so much red flags just by making this one specific statement. I mean, I know people that's got mm. black friends yeah. that are racist. Okay. And it is it is so hard to speak mm. to them about that because they don't see past the fact that I've got a black friend, I yeah. can't be racist. Hands down. You know? And I think a lot of people also they get triggered by the word like you're being racist yeah. now. And then they think, No, I'm not, and then they get this like this like tense up feeling where like you in in reality there's so much like as a white person that we don't even be, we can't even begin to understand anything that black people in South Africa have been through, especially South Africa mm. because we love here. So if somebody comes in, they were like, Look, yeah, that came forth as racist, like, okay, cool, look, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you need to have that thing of like, educate me, I apologize, yeah. you know. But it and you work on whatever you did or whatever your thought yeah. was. No, I think everyone is in a state of defense. Okay. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that. But no, we must, mm. like, just, you know, just because I called you racist doesn't make it a fact. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just a Let moment you know. of you to think like, wait, yeah. It means in this current moment, you're a way that infringes mm. my rights, but I'm giving you the chance as yeah. I'm saying, to correct, to correct there we go. your behavior. It's not saying this exactly. has to be you yeah. for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. It's so not racist. And you yeah, like, you can change your behavior. But you are horrible if you get called out and mm. then you get defensive about it. Because that says you're defending yeah. your own racism. You're defending my right mm. as a black person who has been oppressed to call out the yeah. oppressive behavior. And that's not okay. But what I was going to say is that, <laughs> what I was going to say is that, I think like Maybe. standing, looking in from a view as much as I can, I obviously can't be completely correct. You of a white person mm. and also the encounters I've had, like you have people turning red because they be, you tell them like, no, listen, what you said was offensive or you can't say this. You can't say that. That's wrong. And they mm. think, oh, you're attacking this life like yeah. they think oh if i call you racist that's your personality trait you have to carry that everywhere you are now a racist like no in it's a state it's a state of mind yeah. 
it's literally a state of mind where I'm yeah. like, right now, you are being racist. What you said is offending me, and it's not only it's not only like racism as well, so homophobia, transphobia, like transphobic right now. You can't say, Everything. oh no. I love all people. No, that's not what I'm saying. I didn't say you don't love all people. I'm just saying in this what you said is quite offensive. Do you understand how offensive it is? And if you feel like okay, mm. no, but you're not looking at it the way maybe I've misinterpreted. Like you're allowed to say, listen, the you're reading it wrong, but we're not attacking you. No one is attacking you. If you feel attacked, it's probably yeah. because you're in the wrong. Yeah, you're supposed to be attacked. Like you're feeling you got that guilty conscience. Exactly. But- Some part of you recognizes that your <laughs> behavior is fucking, sorry, you mustn't swear on this podcast. Some part of you recognizes that what you just said or what you just did is wrong mm-hmm. to a certain degree. So you need to now, instead of getting defensive in that moment, come to a recognition of your offensive yes. behavior and yes. choose to change it. Like, when a person, mm-hmm. white people, when a person calls you out and calls you racist, they're not saying mm. this yeah. is now who you're going to be for the rest of your life. This is not now a license yeah. for you to continue in this thought process. This is a black person giving you mm. a chance, right, as a white person to recognize your yeah. behavior mm-hmm. in that moment hurts them. And it hurts them beyond just the surface level pain. It hurts them deeply because likely this person has a re- has had hmm. a relationship with you up to this point. And didn't I think also like you. so, hmm. your chance in that moment is to say, "Oh shoot, hmm. is that what it is? I'm so sorry. sorry. Hmm. What can I do? Exactly. What can I do differently?" See, it's a moment of it to to learn something. I think like what's most important for white people to understand is like being yeah. called out on your racism once is it's a stepping stone like preventing you from making that your identity. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like you don't identify as a racist. Okay, cool, we're helping you to not like we're telling you like that's something a racist would say. Okay, we I wanna stop in my track, address it, speak it out, understand what you did and move forward. Mm. Whereas if nobody ever calls you out and what you said is yeah. just going to be repeated. It's going to be magnified, magnified, multiplied. And then you're going to end up being the racist that you actually trying to avoid from the beginning. Like, if we don't get called out. Yeah. And it's not only about active racism as well. Like, not yeah. only saying, oh, mm. saying something. Sometimes it's the way you behave. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes people mm. act in a certain way. And if somebody says something mm. to you, like, listen, I don't like what you did. Or I'm not, I'm not like, comfortable with what... How you acting right now? So don't be like you said. It's not part of your identity. Like I said, it's a state of mind. It's like anything else. It's, it's something. Yeah. Everything can change. You can change, and it's not like oh, so for me to change, I need to accept that I'm a racist. No, you're not a racist. You're just somebody that yeah. happened to be misinformed. Hmm? Yeah, don't, you've been misinformed. We've all been conditioned. Like you even got black people and people of color who would act some some type of way to other black people because we've all been programmed in certain ways so it's only a, you have to acknowledge that and be like listen i'm not this is not who i am i don't choose to be this way so how do yeah. i move forward there's somebody who's willing to tell you like what you did is wrong some people have to grow on their own and some people mm. do grow on their own you find somebody that's never met a black person in their life but will welcome that person as if like they've always known them or they've always been around people like that and then you find people that went to school with black people but can't even stand the side of them 
So it's not really about the situations you're in. Yeah. It's just a state of mind. It's just, we are always in a state of growth. So why can't you expect, accept that? And for older white people, if you have identified as not racist for your entire life and then mm. you have an experience with a black person where they call you out, this is not to say everything you've done up to that point is sacrilege. This is not to denounce yeah. everything you've yeah. done up to that point. In this, this moment, saying, yes. This, sir yes. or ma'am, in this moment, you were not... Yeah. Yeah, you were yeah. racist, yeah. and you can change that, and you can exactly. apologize, and mm. you can. So one this person, okay. <laughs> the last question that we had to ask was: Do you think that globalization, or like how the internet has brought us together, has changed the way that we perceive our spaces or our racial significance in those spaces? Um. So yes and no, like a double answer. So I would mm. say yes, it has changed it in this like in a positive sense, being. That you see what's happening overseas, you see what's happening in how the people are taking a stand or protesting or whatever, especially mm-hmm. in America. I mean, everyone was looking in America, and I think that um, you get you like you get motivated, or you get like that, like I can do that here in my country, in my city, mm-hmm. you know, I can take it back and I can, you know, like refine my identity if that's even like the thing, right? You get mm-hmm. the sense of like I can do that here as well, yeah. In that sense, I think people definitely do. Um, and then on the other hand, like a twofold is like if you, the opposite, right? People get this thing of like, oh, it's in America. I'm not going like, to look at it in South Africa, not my mm. country. And then as a result, they, like, they don't, it doesn't really impact anything because you see it as two different countries, two different places. Whereas mm. it's literally two countries, but it's the same situation. Like just in a different, maybe different colors or different, what's it? Because it's like a nice thing, like the same sheep, different clothing or something like that. Okay, so okay, okay. I know what's you know. happening what's happening overseas is happening in South Africa maybe yeah. not on the same extent or same as bad so you know I think definitely globalization and the internet has it does impact you whether it's negatively mm. or positively or whatever it does impact how you think wow oh, that was, that was but yeah <laughs> I, I, I agree with you um, that that is negative it's not a yes yeah. It's got it's got its um positives and negatives. I think in my opinion I'd say it hasn't really done I think a lot of people think things are different. I just feel like it's um exposing what people are really feeling, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Thank you so much for all your answers and taking the time to join us today. You've given us such a perspective, a new perspective and everything. Um it's actually funny that we ask the same the same questions every time and we get different mm-hmm. answers every time. Like it's insane. Because <laughs> you always think you know what somebody's gonna say we're like okay this definitely like but every single time a new guest is saying something new and to our listeners we really hope this was helpful kelly thanks for coming and jen thank you so much for joining us again kelly and yeah just thanks for sharing your opinion and perception and everything it meant a lot So yeah, we've talked a lot. Almost too much. <laughs> we hope this is helpful. Yeah. Um, share this podcast with your family yeah. members if that's alright. Like, send it to your family members, send it to your classmates, your peers, send it to your friend in America or in Switzerland, Germany, yeah. wherever. So you guys remember to hit us up on our Instagram and on our Twitter. Follow us and. 
interact with us. We also have our email that's in the description below. Yeah, sending you guys good vibes and positive energy only.